Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Our guest today is Sarah Burnap. She is a mental skills coach in Yuma, Arizona, who works with people who want to enhance their overall performance ability. Sarah uses sports psychology evidence to help individuals set goals, schedule routines, and remain accountable to the goals that she helps them set. So uh, I think everybody, if you're listening to this podcast in particular, you're probably, you've got some routines that you've set in place for yourself. Um, maybe you've fallen off a little bit. I know I have. Um, even though I think I'm pretty good at holding myself accountable, sometimes there, I can talk myself out of some things sometimes, right? I think everybody can do that. But uh, we're going to get some good, helpful uh, information about how to, how to set attainable goals and stick to them. So, Sarah, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled. I actually had a good time preparing my own little routine for this podcast. Yeah. What is it? What'd you do? Have you ever seen Wolf on Wall Street? Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. Where's this going to go? Because <laughs> the first thing that pops into my head is like when he's on Quaaludes and he's like tripping out of his mind. So I, I don't think you did that. Not quite there yet. <laughs> so I, I was a little tired and I was excited about this. I wanted to get pumped up. So do you remember the part with Matthew McConaughey where he's like pumping yes. his chest? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I was like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> So. That's good. Well, hopefully everything like, but hopefully this whole podcast is like meets all of your expectations. I feel like that's a lot of pressure now. Like this has to be <laughs> out of this world. I hope it's not a dud. Um, no, so I, I'm excited to get started. Tell everybody a little bit about your background and where you're coming from and how you found the path that you're on now. Oh yeah. Crazy. Well, I would say it started when I joined the Marine Corps at 18. And I had, I had, you know, some good upbringing, some hard times, but what I really discovered is I had a roof under, you know, over me and I had a bed to sleep in and I just felt so comfortable and I wanted discomfort. <laughs> like I, oh, wow. I wanted to see what it was like, what I was made of. So of course I joined the Marine Corps because, you know, it's the Marines and from there, I did four years of deployment in Iraq, and then I came home, and I didn't want to know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so I went back to school, and I studied communications, and I got really involved. I started working with veterans and understanding more about how they can utilize communication to better their self, and then... From there, I went to a seminar and I listened to a retired Navy SEAL talk about sports psychology. And he was explaining that he was having a hard time sleeping and they put him on um, different types of narcotics to help him and nothing was really working. So he saw a sports psychologist 
and they implemented a routine into his night schedule hmm. and it was really really interesting because he was talking about the deep breathing and using essential oils and turning off your phone and and all these little things that i think that we know but we don't implement and right. we don't have intention and then once he talked about how he did that every single night how it changed him i was fascinated by it so then I decided that I wanted to go back to school. And since then I've just been fascinated. I could really get nerdy with it, but <laughs> we'll just stick to, I love what I do and I'm so thankful that I get to do it. So it sounds like, uh, well, first of all, who was the retired Marine? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, he was a Navy SEAL and his name oh, is Navy SEAL. Nichols. Yeah. Who is it? Jeff Nichols? Jeff Nichols, yes. Okay, maybe I can link to, to something he has in the podcast. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I can send you that link, actually. They recorded that, that content. Oh. I'll have that one for you. Yeah, that'd be great. So, so then describe what the term mental skills means and how, how to develop them. Maybe we could talk about some tips on how to develop them later. But what does that, what does that whole process mean? Yeah, well, the best way I can explain it is it's like a personal trainer for your brain. There. Okay. <laughs> So just like how you get training to become stronger and to grow, you can develop techniques to help your brain grow. It's called neuroplasticity. So it's your brain's ability to, to change and to grow and really just to better yourself. And how does, what is, I've heard neuroplasticity through other uh, podcasts that I listen to. What exactly is neuroplasticity? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's neuropathways. And I think when you think about adolescence, that's when they're really shaping and forming and changing. And then as you age, you continue to do that, but not as rapidly. Mm -hmm. So when we practice techniques like mindfulness and work on our self-talk and other mental skills techniques, we're actually shifting our brain in a way that I would say is even more productive for us. Yeah. So sometimes we get in the mindset of like, oh, this is just how I am, you know, whether that's changing your habits or your belief systems, and that's just simply not true. <laughs> um, there are ways that you can change and have your brain work for you instead of yeah. Making yeah, and you and I, when we first um, spoke a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked a lot about the self-talk and how that helps you form habits and then how those habits become reality or or how those habits, I guess, influence your self-talk and then influence, then your self-talk goes back to the habits. And it's kind of like this circle that kind of keeps repeating itself and how hard it can be for people to break those habits. And that just becomes part of who you are. And then you start believing those things. And um, I like that idea of having a personal trainer for the brain, because it, I feel like a personal trainer, I think in terms of myself, I hold people accountable because most people that I work with, not all, and I think that most people that personal trainers work with for the physical self, they're not going to make the time by themselves to go to the gym. And if they do, they might not know what to do. So um, someone like you, you are helping someone stay accountable to kind of like keeping their accountability to themselves. It, it sounds, it sounds like it, it's, it's similar in that way, but you're, um, you're helping that person break a habit and you're keeping them accountable to breaking those habits. Does that make sense? 
Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree because think about it. If you're going to the gym and you only go to the gym and you train with your trainer, say once a week, right. and those, those are six days that you're not training. So how right. far are you going to get? How much are you going to advance? So think about the way that you treat your brain, right? These techniques that you implement, if you only use them in those moments where you, you feel like you have your confidence, you're having a confidence crisis or, or when you feel like you need them, how productive is that going to be for you if you don't do it every single day? Right. Okay. So let's start with what are some techniques? So, so we've established that like, well, let's, let's get your definition of like what self-talk is. What is the idea of self-talk? Because I think a lot of people, wait, I, even myself, like I hear that term, but mm -hmm. I might not necessarily have a really deep grasp of what that means. So what is self-talk? Yeah, your self-talk is the way that you communicate to yourself. So that's, you know, what are you saying? What are you thinking intrinsically? And is that going to benefit you? Is that going to help you? Or is that going to hurt you or harm you or, or keep you from being the best that you can be? So what are some ways that people can influence positive self-talk to get the most out of what they want to accomplish? Yeah, well, I think that there are three different steps. And the first step is just getting that awareness. Okay. And one of my favorite techniques for helping someone to gain awareness is the paperclip trick. Have you ever heard of it? No. I, <laughs> I love this one. So you just get a handful of paperclips and you put them in your left pocket. And then you start to become more aware of your thoughts. So whenever you have a thought that you feel like isn't really productive for you, say like, you know, shaking your confidence, like I can't do this, or I don't feel like getting up, or say you're blaming somebody else for something that you know that you could work harder for, then you okay. take that paperclip out of your left pocket and you put it in your right pocket. So okay. at the end of the day, you can look and see how many times your self-talk is, is not on par with what it is that you want to accomplish in life. So that's the first step. So I have to sleep with paper clips in my pocket. <laughs> Got it. During the day, or like a no. first is a little bit easier than in first <laughs> No, no, I, I get it though. I get it. That's a good idea. Okay, so it, that's like physical awareness, something that you can see that's tangible. Right. Exactly. Okay, that's great. I like that. What's step two? Step two is just teaching. You know, understanding you're not a victim to your thoughts. Just because you have that thought doesn't mean that it's true, right? So, for example, some of us just think I'm not, you know, I don't have the ability of self-control. Some people okay. literally feel like they don't have control over, you know, getting up and working out or eating that healthy snack instead of something like chips, you know? So yeah. just knowing you're not a victim to your thoughts, that's simply not true and that you are athletic or you can be athletic. That's huge, you know, having yeah. responsibility over that. So that's the second. And the third? That is applying the actual techniques. Okay. <laughs> so for that, I think that journaling is incredible. Okay. Sitting down and, and realizing, recognizing what those thoughts are and working on how you can have more constructive thoughts and then you know using other techniques so imagery that's when you create an image in your mind um, that's highly beneficial and then um, 
I also love thought stopping. So a little technique that I do is when you get caught up in your cycle of negative thoughts, just creating a stop sign or a brick and just letting yourself kind of be like, okay, that's just a thought. There's no truth to it. Let's just stop that. And then say if you're working out and you really don't have time to investigate that thought, just, you know, focusing, refocusing on what you're doing and just being in that present moment. So thought stopping is really helpful. And then if you want to take a different approach, it's just a matter of changing those negative thoughts to something that is positive. And that doesn't mean lying to yourself, you know, because sometimes I think that we just pretend like, yeah, everything's positive. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes we need to investigate that thought, but just knowing how to reframe that. So a good example is when we get nervous and we have those butterflies in our stomach. Okay. Two different people can think about those butterflies in, in a very different way. So somebody might think, oh gosh, I have butterflies. I'm about to throw up. I'm so nervous. And then they completely get in their head, right? And, and it doesn't help them. And then that other person can have the same exact feelings and think, yes, game time. I'm ready right. to so, so just looking at your bodily sensations or whatever it is that you're experiencing and shedding light on it and just looking at it in a different perspective is and learning how to help it work for you instead of against you is highly beneficial. So how much time does something like this take? So if you have someone, um, when you were talking about, you know, the imagery mm -hmm. portion of it and, and having an idea and trying to reframe um, thoughts your, your thought process going into a certain event or trying to tackle something that you've been trying to tackle for a long time but it's been winning like like the like let's say the sleep habit that you briefly mentioned you know if you're trying to to get up at a certain time to go to the gym or just to be more punctual or something how much time does something like this take for a person to develop maybe a healthy thought pattern and then to put it into action Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I don't I mean, think you can put a number yeah. on it. Okay. You know, I think it really depends on that person. And um, the biggest thing that I've noticed between someone who does make that commitment and, and someone who is still having a hard time it is how bad do you want it? You know, okay. And, and for that, I think it's important to understand your why, your reason for why you want to get up early. You know, that's yeah. motivation, listening to records, whatever that looks like for you. It helps, but it can only go so far. Having a personal trainer even, you know, can only go so far. You've got to, to find whatever is inside of you to make you want to have this change. So what yeah. does that look like for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, see... That's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to apply it in a sense of, so I, I just started, I just finished this, this certification, precision nutrition certification, and a lot of people probably know what that is. It's kind of a self-paced course. You can get as much out of it as you want to get out of it. And for the longest time, like I started studying it right before um, uh, my wife and I had our, our child, our daughter Kennedy. And I remember thinking to myself, like, uh, you know, I'm going to knock this thing out. And I'm going to make it a point to do it. And, um, you know, I like, I like doing, I like 
te- I like learning things. It benefits me and it's going to benefit the people I work with, obviously. Right. And then I started thinking about like, you know, what is the real reason that I'm actually going to, to follow through with this instead of just putting it to the side? Cause it is self-paced so I can do it whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then I started looking at, okay, here's the reason why, because I know it's going to bring me more, uh, you know, financial freedom because hopefully I'll get, I'll get to use the benefits. I'll, I'll get to use the tools to benefit other people. Obviously I'll get paid for that. Okay, great. That, that's fine. Financial freedom. But what's, what's ultimately, why do I need financial freedom? Well, with financial freedom, I get a little more time, a little more time. Why do I want more time? And I want more time because I know I'm going to need it soon. Like now, <laughs> like I need uh-huh. more time right now. And, yeah. and so like I, I started to nail down all of these things. And I literally, right before you and I jumped on the phone call, mm-hmm. had someone call me, um, found me online, wanted to start training. And I actually had to turn them down because, um, it's a good thing that I can't take on any more clients right now, but it, it kind of taking on more clients disrupts other goals that I have. And using, using these precision nutrition goals is kind or tools is basically what I'm turning other business down for, you know? So like I, I had to really narrow down what I, what I want to do. Why am I doing it? What am I going to do it for? And then, then I had to find the time to do it. So then I started looking at my schedule and say, well, here are the time that I, here are the times that I can dedicate for this practice, this practice of finishing this goal for financial freedom, for more financial freedom, for time freedom. And then I plugged it into my calendar. And just like an appointment that someone has with their personal trainer, no, nothing disrupted that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, now, I can't say that I, I hit it every single time because there were a couple of times that I, I scheduled it at you know, 5 a.m. And uh, on a Friday, and I usually get to sleep in that day. And so, yes, I, I fluffed a couple times and I hit snooze and I got that extra hour of sleep. And I had to think to myself, like, how much do I want this? Like, am I willing to put in the effort for this? And then I had to be honest with myself, like, I kind of think that sleep is a little more important during some of those times. Mm-hmm. So then I had to reframe and, and replace where I would do, you know, that precision nutrition work. And now I've got uh, two more chapters left. I do one chapter a week. And I feel good about, you know, that, that goal setting. So for me, yeah. it was a matter of finding time in my day to finish something that would ultimately lead me to, uh, you know, more time freedom. I think I had to give up some time, but now I know I'll get that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. And, and when you were talking, I was thinking about how I had a very similar approach. You know, I, I had my daughter going through this program And I remember somebody sat sat down with me and and had me like schedule all of my time Yeah. and where it was going. And I I was so running around that there was no awareness that I was only getting four hours of sleep. (laughs) And, and, you know, it was like, no wonder, like, I think that I'm functioning, but am I really? So like you're saying, you know, it is really important to give yourself some grace and know where your limits are, but you can still set goals. It's just understanding, you know, where your limits lie and what you can do and holding yourself accountable and really investigating Mm -hmm. what you're doing this for. And I I think that when we talk about financial freedom, um, there's so much behind that, you know, like we care so much about helping other people because we have a strong why for the reason why we do that. 
Right. And, and those, um, it evokes those emotions. And, and when I think about personal training or coaching, um, implementing that, and, and so say somebody just wanting to lose 10 pounds, when you ask them, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? They'll say, oh, because, you know, I want to look good for a bikini season. Right. Well, what's deeper than that? Yes. You know? Because that's going to be the driving force. Yeah, it's because I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Well, why is being comfortable in my own skin important to you? Well, it's because um, uh, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I, you, you start asking why more and more and more, and eventually you might get down to um, the root cause of an individual's true reason for for weight loss or for um, – for you know, better sleep habits or a better work schedule or something like that, because it's and and having and like you said, scheduling it for me and and being in the same realm you and I of, of helping other people. There's this idea that since you since we are helping people, we have to be at their beck and call all of the time. And maybe mm -hmm. I'm being a little selfish when I say this, and and I think it's okay for us to do that because if we don't help ourselves, how can we help other people? Mm -hmm. So if I, if I schedule like a workout during my day, I'm, if you would have asked me five or, or six years ago, Hey, can I, you know, can I get into this spot? And I had my workout, I'd bump my own workout to, to fit somebody in. Mm -hmm. But now I understand that if I don't take care of myself, it may not be immediate, but mm -hmm. five, five months down the road, I might not be the same person. I might be so burnt out because I haven't taken time to, to care for myself. Um, and that's that, and that goes the same way for everybody else. If you are trying to reach any kind of goal, doesn't matter what the goal is, scheduling it like you're going to schedule something for your own work or your child. You know, you, you we're so ready to put something for our child, like a doctor's appointment on the schedule. Nothing can move that, but we're mm -hmm. so ready to ditch something for our for ourselves. Mm hmm. So what, do you, do you, do you often work with people who are so willing to maybe self-sabotage? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think most people, you know, because it feels so selfish to take that time in your day to take care of yourself. And I've been through it myself too, you know. Um, I think that establishing a strong morning routine yeah. is the key. And when I say practice your self-talk every single day, I don't mean when you're having a hard time. Yeah. I mean every day. I get I started doing the Wim Hof method, the cold yeah. triggers. Yeah, oh, I'm man. familiar with that. Do you do the breathing, <laughs> the breathing techniques also? Yes, game changer, game changer. So in the morning, I take my cold shower and I do the breathing. And then it sounded so silly at first, but I started doing the I am affirmations. So, so when you do affirmations, it's really important to do first person and speak it as if it's already happened. Because sometimes we say, oh, I am going to finish school or I am going to get to my weight loss goals or whatever it looks like. No, you did it. <laughs> yeah. I am athletic. I am fit. I am powerful. And be as specific as you want to be and allow yourself to say whatever it is that you want without feeling guilt. So if you want to make a lot of money, some people have a really hard time with me. I know we're kind of shifting the topic, but 
I think money is one of those things that people don't like to talk about, you know? Yeah. So you say, I am a millionaire. <laughs> right. I am confident. I do have a sexy body. <laughs> yeah. Just, just starting your day with those affirmations in the cold shower and getting into that frame of mind of positivity can, in my opinion, change your life. You I know? Think, I think so, too. And I never really thought of it that way. And I... I so I guess that kind of goes back to when I said, you know, how, how long is it something like that that's going to take? Because my next question to that was, was going to say, like, when should someone do that? And that makes total sense to do it all of the time. Because <laughs> first thing that pops into my head is when somebody wakes up in the morning and let's say they have a workout schedule, but they look in the mirror and they're not happy with what they see, that mm-hmm. automatic, they automatically think like, well, what's the point of going to the gym later? Because I'm not happy now. Like, it's so hard for us to see three years down the road when we actually achieve. But if you really focus like right now, mm-hmm. you are in a much better place now than you could be five years down the road if you don't accomplish that one workout today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's a, bu- it's a building block. You have to build brick by brick to get the whole building. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that sounds really cheesy and it is a little cheesy and it's corny, but, but it put it in the frame of someone who's really working to, towards something who's not used to, um, who's not used to having self-talk or a self-positive image of themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, or is somebody who is working three jobs and struggling to make rent and, you know, trying to better themselves and they have these goals and aspirations. But if you, if you, Think about the current situation that you're in, and that's all you give yourself credit for. Mm-hmm. You're not giving yourself credit for those things that you're already working towards, mm-hmm. because it's it just those things aren't present. They're they're not immediate. We don't get we don't get the benefit of working, um, you know, a double shift right away. But right. but those things take time, and eventually, hopefully, down the road, when you think to yourself like. I mean, I don't even know what a self-affirmation would be. Like, I, I am successful. I am, I am a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three years down the road, you can look back and say, man, I'm, I'm glad I hung on to those words because without that, yeah. ne- with a negative mindset, I'd still be in the same position. Exactly, exactly. And with everything that you're saying and you said happy, and that really stood out to me. We really have to learn how to be happy now because I remember when I was really into fitness and I was doing the competitions, I felt worse about myself competing than I did before I even started competing. I mean, if, if you had a, a wrinkle in your butt, it was the, the end of the world, you know? Yeah. And we get in this mindset of, oh, when I have that, I'll be happy. Or, you know, when I'm making this amount of money, I'll be happy or right yeah and you should be happy right now and given the fact that we can work towards um we have the opportunity to most of us have the opportunity to work towards goals and change our outcome mm-hmm. um that's so powerful so let, so let's take let's let's take a step back you know you've you've got this awareness you've got um you know you're you're teaching yourself to not be a victim you you have like the the self talk going uh, applying the the all of these techniques where does somebody find um a person like yourself is there like a, a location where 
like like if you go on if you go online and type in personal trainer in Cincinnati, you'll you'll find who you're looking for. Do mm-hmm. do people simply like just just type in mental skills coach and boom, there they are? Or is this like because it sounds more. I know you, I know we had mentioned sports psychology, but it sounds so outside of what most people would say like sports psychology would be. And I know I know we talk a little bit about you know. Um, athletics and things like that but this seems like it could could go beyond that could help just in life skills in general absolutely yeah where to find well so if you do google sports psychology oftentimes the the big shots pop up (laughs) so you get to see um the best of the best um you can go under the ask website so it's the association of applied sports psychology okay and from there, you can actually see who is certified as a mental performance coach. Um, yeah, to find me, you can go on my website, sarahburnup.com. And from there, there's a lot of information. I have a blog. I talk about the different techniques and how they can be utilized. And then I also have my goal-setting planner. Yeah. So so a bit about when I was a mom and I had a kid and I wasn't getting enough sleep, that was my wake up moment of, okay, I know how to use these techniques. Let me use them every day. So I started with goal setting and I really broke down my goals very specific and, and worked on what I wanted to accomplish daily for the end mission the outcome goal. And then I started working on imagery because believe it or not, I had a terrible fear of public speaking. Oh, wow. <laughs> and people were like, why did you pick this profession? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it at all. <laughs> well, I use imagery. So we don't have enough time today, of course, but being able to make an image as realistic as possible, not just visualization, actual imagery can can help you to break through that wall so that you can accomplish your fear or whatever it is that you want to get better at. But I started using imagery and then I incorporated the pre-performance routines. So for me, that was my morning routine. And, and that helps you to get like in that right frame of mind. So you're getting into that flow state where just everything is, is happening for you and you feel really good. And what feels like five minutes is actually three hours. So really, really strategically planning out every single technique, looking into this technique and and figuring out how I can do it daily. And it doesn't take up a lot of time. I mean, I I probably do imagery for about 10 minutes a day. My affirmations take about five, you know, it's not this huge, huge thing because I know sometimes it might sound scary, like, oh, I got to put more in my day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, go, Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was just saying when I started to do that, it made leaps and bounds from feeling like, oh, I have too much going on. I don't know where to begin to to feeling like everything was balanced and I was accomplishing what it was that I wanted in less time, but also getting that sleep and taking care of myself. So, yeah, the the interesting thing, uh, and I I wanted to bring it up earlier, you you talked about kind of fun. Well, we briefly touched on it, but when you're taking a, taking a look like we have to take an audit of where we're spending most of our time first. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so I, I mean, I'm, I've kind of, I've gone away from just, you know, telling people you, well, you have to make time, but we have to do, we have to find the time 
by literally looking at our schedule. And if we don't have a set schedule, maybe it's time that we thought about creating one. And, and I think for maybe people who are, who are interested in, in these mental skills, building these mental skills, one idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be a great idea is maybe for 24 hours, maybe, or 12 hours, you start recording everything that you do where it's like, I spent 15 minutes today on um, Instagram. You know, I open my phone and I scroll for 15 minutes. I write that down. And then, you know, I, then I had lunch from this time to this time. And then I recorded a podcast and then I, whatever it is. And you write all these things down for 12 hours and you can start to see these blocks of where your time is going to and where you want to really fill things up and where maybe you can cut back on like that 15 minutes of Instagram. I could do 10 minutes of training. You know, not that I don't, I don't want to say Instagram is bad or good. What I'm saying is there are spaces in our day where we can be more productive and intentional with the things that we want to build on. Absolutely. Yes. Our TV broke yesterday. Oh God. I put this on my Instagram. I was like, I read a whole book. (laughs) So, you know, I've, I've come a long way, but there is always, new things, new lessons to learn. So it's been a venture for sure. But I love that idea. I think that it's so important to take a step back and instead of saying I'm too busy, really look at your schedule and identify where you can make that time to ultimately get it what it is that you want out of life. Definitely. So what what does it look like when somebody comes to you for the first time um, wanting to develop some, some of these skills? How do you start them out? Where's a good starting point? Yeah, I typically do an assessment first. Okay. So there are different assessment strategies that you can utilize. There's one that's as simple as the performance profile. Okay. And that's where I have all the techniques written out. So you can just look at it and then from a scale of one to 10, uh, put where you feel like you fall in line. And then from there, I have an idea of what it is that they want to focus on or where they feel like they need help. And then different techniques have different assessments. So say if you feel like you don't have imagery, like your imagery isn't as good as you want it to be, then there's an imagery assessment. And then we can get into more details about how you're utilizing imagery, how clear it is for you. Sometimes when we have imagery, we'll oftentimes, say if you're a gymnast, and you make a mistake doing a move, then when you visualize it in your head, you make that same mistake over and over again. So how are you going to accomplish that if you can't even get it right in your head? So uh-huh. getting through those mental barriers. And, and a lot of it is just, like, it all goes back to awareness, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, in, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't really think of, I mean, I guess, yeah, depending on your assessment and what you really want to focus on is going to be like your next step. So what makes, what out of those techniques that you were, you were talking about, what makes the most sense for you, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting for me when I took a look back at this approach because sometimes I think that we feel like we're the specialists and we have to be assertive and right. someone can come in and, and you can think like, Oh, I've got you. This is what you need to do, A, B, and C. Mm, but yeah. if you can look at it as like we're on this journey together, it's way more beneficial because then you're listening to that person and what their needs are versus telling them what they need. And and that's been a huge shift in my approach. And it's been that's, so valuable. 
Yeah, that's huge. I, I, uh, so this precision nutrition course, what a big thing that they really hit home on is it, it's having a coach. And I think this really applies to what you just said. It, it's like having a professional tour guide in a city that you already live in. <laughs> you know, so you, so, yeah, it's really good. And I've been using that and thinking about that more often because even for, for, uh, a, a, like a, a fitness coach or a personal trainer, people will come to me and I had this idea, this is many years ago, but I had the idea like, look, you're here, you're going to do what I say because mm-hmm. that's what you're paying, paying me to do. Right. Yes. I'm getting paid to train them, but when they walk in the door, they almost get to take it where like, you know, I'm not feeling that strong today. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help them pull just a little bit more out, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be hitting any, any personal records that day. That's okay. That's okay. But it's mm-hmm. my, it's not my job to like point and, and uh, force them through something that's going to give them like a negative emotion about the entire workout. It's going to make them feel worse about themselves than, you know, when they came in, not that I think I did that before, but mm-hmm. directly at least, but mm-hmm. the idea of saying like, well, you're here, you're with me. This is my job. I'm telling you what to do. So you do it. Mm-hmm. Now it's like when they come in, they already know what they're there for. How can I help them be the best version of themselves right then and there during that workout, that 30 minutes or an hour that I'm with them? How can I help them be the best they can right then? And if they go through and they say, hey, you know, I'm really not feeling you know, that, that exercise. I really felt this in my shoulder. I really felt, um, you know, I, I'm a little distracted today. And I, I'm like, oh, well, you know, what's on your mind? How, why are you distracted? How can we get you, how can we, you know, keep you focused? In my head, I have to be thinking about all of those things and then help them manage to get the most out of their workout. Uh, and I, I can imagine it's kind of the same for you. Like you, you're just, you're facilitating uh, their actions, like helping them, helping them work towards what they want to work towards us. But you're, we can't in our position, we cannot grab that person and lead them and drag them through it. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Absolutely. Well said. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long way, the long way around it. I just envision like you dragging someone <laughs> across the, across the workout floor. Yeah, like beat, like They're beating their head off the ground. <laughs> right. But that's, that's what it can feel like, you know, yeah. like, it's big. These are big moves, you know, hiring yeah. a coach and, and, or a trainer or hiring a mental skills coach. That's saying something for yourself. That's yeah. saying, I want to make this change. I want to improve myself. And, yeah. and that's such a wonderful thing. So let's not make this a bad experience. Let's walk through this together and let's figure out what's right for you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what's so important about having a coach versus not that I have anything against online training by all means, but from I firsthand know that when I get a program online, there's times when I'm like, this doesn't feel right for me. What's going on here. So having someone to help you navigate through those waters and explain what's actually happening and then customize it specifically for you. Right. That's, that's very, that's good stuff, right? Like that's. (laughs) And, and adjusting as you go. And allowing yeah. the adju- and allowing those adjustments to happen and see them play out before you make another adjustment, mm-hmm. because because I feel like so many times, especially with uh, like the mental side of things, when somebody comes in and they're not having a good day, mm-hmm. um, it, and this is just from my experience, when somebody comes in, like they'll apologize to me. Sorry, that wasn't my best workout. What do you? 
you made it to the gym. You still took the time. You didn't blow your, your workout off. Right. You still came to the gym. You still worked out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to apologize to me. I'm still doing, I, in my mind, I'm still doing my job. I'm, I'm showing up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you don't owe me anything. Like, do I want you to have the best workout possible? Yes. Is that going to be your A effort every time? No way. I don't give my A effort during most of my workout. Not most. That's not true. I take it back. <laughs> I don't give my A effort. I can't in every single workout. But I'm going to show up. I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's, uh, that goes a long way with people. And if you know that, if you're a coach, you're listening to this right now, try to remember that. Like, allowing your people to maybe not be on their A game all the time and then allow for adjustments along the way. I think that that is, that's, that is more beneficial to their long-time mental psyche and performance than sometimes coming in and getting their ass kicked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, what do we do? We beat ourselves up, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I'm not good enough or I didn't do good enough today. And if you can kind of go back and look at your day and think about it instead of what did I do? You know what? Yeah. It might have not been the best. That's, that's where we go from not lying to ourselves, right? Like it might have not been my right. best day, but you know what? I still showed up. I still made the commitment. I still put in what I could and tomorrow I'm going to show up again. And, and that's the change in making that progress and getting ultimately to the goals that you want to get. So I love that. And I'm so glad that you brought it up. That's big. Yeah, that's huge. Sarah, I think, um, I think we've got a lot. I mean, this is such a broad topic. It's such a big topic. And I think for each individual, we'd almost have to have like someone in each category in front of us to answer every single question, you know, but, 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 but the idea of, of having a mental coach and being mentally prepared for things and having positive self-talk and applying all of these techniques that we talked about using Im- imagery and journaling and uh, thought stopping, these kind of techniques that can be applied in different avenues. So if people are interested in hearing more about those and learning, maybe specifically from you, where are the best places to uh, reach out to you? Yeah. So my email is info at sarahburnapp.com. Okay. You can also contact me through my website, www.sarahburnapp.com. And my Instagram is Sarah underscore Burnapp. Awesome. So Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much for this. Um, And I hope people do reach out to you and we will talk to you very soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.